Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Jesus loved hurting people. He came for sinners. He came for those who needed a spiritual doctor. By the way, we can't isolate ourselves in our churches and expect the world to walk in and ask for help. Jesus was on the streets. He was always at the job, at the school, in our neighborhoods, at the shopping center. Wherever lost people hung out, there was Jesus. Who was Jesus primarily focused on during his time on earth? Today, Pastor Mark will challenge listeners to pursue the lost, the needy, and the broken the way that Jesus did. As believers, it can be easy to get caught in the Christian routine of going to church and praying before meals. It all the while forget that we are surrounded by people who don't know the truth. Jesus spent his time with the people who are not highly regarded in their culture because he saw a great opportunity for change. God has called every Christ follower to be the hands and feet of Jesus, even in our world today. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Ephesians as he concludes part five in his series entitled Unlimited Opportunities. The Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now, the reason every person feels guilty is that God has given them, you and me, a conscience. Now, for the Christ follower, we don't live with guilt because we have forgiveness. When we sin, guilt is short-lived. When the conscience goes, whoa, you shouldn't have done that, shouldn't have watched that, shouldn't have said that, we ask forgiveness, 1 John 1, 9. And the guilt is gone. But see, the unbeliever has no way to get rid of their sin and has no way to get rid of their guilt. So they remain with a cloud over them. They're guilty. Last, afraid of death. Now, don't kid yourself. There is a universal fear of death. God has put eternity in the heart of every man and woman. So when you understand that, you know that you will die one day and you will live somewhere. But the question is, where? Every human being that's created, number one, every person wants to be loved, find purpose in their life, and be happy. Every person. That's the only one I want you to write down. Every person wants to be loved, find purpose in their life, and be happy. You want to be loved. I want to be loved. I want to find purpose in my life. See, without purpose, and the purpose has to be way bigger than you. It has to use your life to outlive you. If you don't have that, there's no fulfillment. 
Is there any reason when Rick Warren wrote his book, Purpose Driven Life, it sold hundreds of millions of copies? Why? People looking for purpose. Only purpose you have that really means anything is coming to God because he has a plan for your life. And number three, you want to be happy. I mean, you know you, know you want to be happy. I want to be happy. Next. Life without God, let's put that back up. That means if I don't have those three things, what am I left with? Life without God is what? Unfulfilling, worthless, empty, zero, futile. If I don't have those three things, if I'm not loved by God, if I don't have a purpose from God in my life, I can't be happy. And then I'm, well, life is just going around doing nothing. It's bubbles. But here's the key. Bottom line then, every unbeliever is empty, lonely, guilty, and afraid of death. What a way to exist. What a way to live. Turn with me, if you will, to Luke chapter 19, all our campuses, Luke chapter 19, and go down, if you will, quickly to verse 10. This is the key, because we're to be like Jesus, we're to follow like Jesus. This is the key as to what we're doing. Here it is. Verse 10, for the Son of Man came to seek and save that which was lost. This is the mission of Jesus in one verse. If I'm going to be like Jesus, I'm going to be that exact person. I'm going to seek, which means go out, look for, strive after. People are looking for purpose and meaning. Let me put the mission on the overhead. You can see it. You may have time to write it. You may not because I'm moving quickly. But notice what the mission of the church is. This is a true for every church from the beginning of the book of Acts onward. Jesus came to seek out sinners, share the good news, and transform their lives forever, for eternity. That's what you and I are to do. We're to seek out people who don't know God. We're to open our mouths and share the good news. And then we're to transform their lives as God comes into their life. Our goal is to present Christ to them, make him known, so Christ can forgive them, restore them, and rescue them from their sins. You say, people reach people with their mouths. Punch your mouth. Here we go. Punch your mouth. Say this to your neighbor. People reach people with their mouths. Any people here? I already asked that question. There's a lot more than answered at all our campuses. Are there any people here? Yes. Yeah. So what do you do? I reach people with my mouth. Well, how does that look? What are you talking about, Pastor Mark? Is it, is it really going to happen? Well, I'm here to do one thing. If that was Jesus' mission, notice the next statement you need to write. Every Christ follower is to continue Jesus' mission on the earth. We don't come up with our own deal. We follow what he was doing. That's the way the world was turned upside down in 30 years. The early disciples got it. They would be the hands and the feet and the mouth and the heart of Jesus. They got it. We don't get it. We miss it. So understand today, we're going to follow Jesus in a little example you're right close by, you're in chapter 19, go right back to verse 1, all of our campuses. Let's watch how it looks as we study it together. Watch the feet of Jesus and watch his mouth because he's on a mission. 
So let's begin in verse 1. All of our campuses, those of you watching by the internet, Luke 19, verse 1. And Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. Jesus met people every day in the normal flow of life. Jesus' feet took him where God wanted him to go. Most people met Jesus on the road. Now, what do we mean in the normal flow of life? Jesus was heading through this town of Jericho. He didn't know what was up ahead. He didn't know at that moment that he was going to stop in Jericho. He was just passing through. When we go to the store, when we're at the ball field, when we're at work, we're just, we're just passing through. We're doing life. We're, we're parents. We're, we're dating couple. We're, we're grandparents. We're singles. We're, we're just doing life. We're going to school, trying to get our education. We just pass through. But as we're passing through, we're always meeting people. But we don't think about people. When you go out of this building here in Melbourne and the other campuses today, every set of eyes you look at, if they're not a believer, they're empty. Lonely, guilty, and afraid of death. Now, I can't minister to all of them, but maybe God will direct me to one or two. So Jesus heads through this town. He's just walking. Verse 2. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector. He worked for the IRS, and he was wealthy. No kidding. So what is Zacchaeus? Why did the Bible say that about him? Because in our mind, especially in those days, he's got a position and he's got big bucks. He should be what? Happy, fulfilled, loving life. But we mention this because Zacchaeus was rich, but he was unpopular. He was dishonest. He was lonely, unhappy, and empty. He had no purpose. He was a likely candidate for a changed life. A.W. Tozer says this, the average person in the world today without faith, without God, without hope, is engaged in a desperate personal search throughout his lifetime. Verse 3, he wanted to see who Jesus was. But being a short man, he could not because of the crowd. Now, why did Zacchaeus want to see Jesus? That's because he'd heard about Jesus. See, Jesus was the talk of the town. If you're empty, lonely, guilty, and afraid of death, and you hear about somebody that has peace, they have purpose, even though they're going through a valley in their life, there's still joy, and there's, and, and there's this love for life, they want to know, how you doing that? I don't get it. So these believers had been talking in Jericho about what Jesus had done in their life. They were using their... We're going to have a little Sela moment in a moment, so think about that. They were talking about what God had done in their life. And that spread everywhere. And so because it spread, they were making Christ known, which is what we're supposed to do. Christ was known. Do you really think that Christ, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, is known in our community? Not a chance. People have no idea why you come into this building or any of our campuses. Why in the world would you waste your time 
to come here. They're clueless. They don't know John 3.16. The first time Tim Tebow did the John 3.16 thing at University of Florida, there was like the biggest search on the web. The next morning, the biggest search, number one search on Google was, what is John 3.16? In America! They don't know. Why? Because we haven't been using... <laughs> it's exactly right. So he wants to see Jesus, but there's a problem. There was a huge crowd, people pushing everywhere, and Zacchaeus was short. Anybody here identify with that? <laughs> so what will he do about it? You need to understand, remember the spiritual warfare I talked about? Lots of times Satan brings crowds that interfere with our sharing the gospel. You invite somebody to church, good job. Ten minutes before you go to pick them up, they call you. I have a flat. I can't come to see you. My kid just came down with 103 temperature. Work just called me. I have to go to work. Sound familiar? Now, how does all that thing happen? That's because there's an enemy on the other line saying, keep them out of hearing the gospel. Don't become discouraged. We're in a battle for the lives of men and women. Well, as time goes on, look what happens. He's not going to let the crowd get in his way. So he ran ahead and climbed up a sycamore fig tree to see him. Since Jesus was coming that way. Now here's Zacchaeus, a $2,000 suit. He's the man of the town. He did something totally out of character for this influential rich man. He became like a little boy. And he ran down the street and he climbed up a tree in his $2,000 suit. Why? He wasn't ashamed to know that he had a need. Most people don't come to Christ because they're too prideful. The Bible says unless you become like a little child and get rid of your stinking pride, you'll never enter the kingdom of God. Zacchaeus didn't care what anybody thought. Can you hear the crowd? That's the guy that just stole money from me. My tax return. My 1040A. He screwed it up. Look at him. He's climbing a tree in his suit. He didn't care. He was searching. He knew he needed a change. Verse 5, when Zacchaeus reached, excuse me, when Jesus reached the spot, he walked right on by and commenting to his disciple, who is the idiot in the tree? Is that what it says? Is that what you would have done? When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up, what's the next word, and how do you say things? By opening your mouth. And he said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. He climbed the tree. He thought he was just going to get a nice view of Jesus. Jesus stopped. You see, people reach people with their mouths. Now notice when he stopped, he didn't say this. Hey, buddy, what are you doing up there? He called him by what? Tell me. Is that important to you? It's important to me. See, that's a personal God. That's a personal God. So he said, Zacchaeus, 
But why did Jesus even stop there? Because how do we know when to stop when it looks like there's somebody we should talk to? How do we know? Well, Jesus stopped there because he turned back to the book of Isaiah, and it says in Isaiah, when you see a man in a tree, stop. That's the Balmer translation. Is it in Isaiah? No. So how did Jesus know to stop? We learned that we know how to live life. Number one, anything we need to know that's written, we do this. When it isn't in here, what do we do? We listen to the Spirit speak to us. So why did Jesus stop? Because the Spirit said to him, this man is searching. Now, Jesus didn't know that morning that was going to happen. But see, as he was doing life, just normal life, there was an interaction. There was a divine appointment. We miss that. He could sense that this man needed to have a conversation with him. Here's what I want you to write down and be excited about it. The same God who led Jesus daily wants to lead you and I daily. Hallelujah. The same God who leads me here in West Melbourne is the same God that will lead me there. I need to be sensitive. And it's all going to be about the mission of Jesus. It's not my deal. I'm not going there for a vacation. Lord, help us. We go there to be useful, to change the world for Jesus Christ. Same exact thing you do in your neighborhood this afternoon. You don't have to leave West Melbourne. Now, what do the cries for help look and sound like? Let me go through them very quickly. I think my marriage is in trouble. You meet somebody at the water fountain tomorrow. I think my marriage is in trouble. Is that an open door? That's an open door. And we have a problem with our teenage son or daughter. I just went to a funeral of a close friend, and I can't get out of my mind, where is he now, and where will I be when I die? Is that an open door? That's an open door. Why do I feel so empty even though everything is going great? I'm so confused as to what the situation is. What do you think I should do? You see, we have to be sensitive to conversations we have with people. They will speak things, not even asking for help, but they're really cries for help. Zacchaeus never said one thing, but it was a silent cry. But I can just be tooling down the road. Nothing of the Spirit. I need to look past excuses, aloofness, and we need to open our mouths. By the way, in this conversation, notice who took the first step, Jesus. God said, just... Just ask him, what's happening? Invite him. You want to have a conversation with him. Well, Pastor Mike, if I do that and they turn me down, Saul, say, God bless you. You know what I found? Many times later, week, month, year, they'll be back at your door because they know you cared. We have to open our mouths. Jesus initiated the conversation. Well, look at verse 6. So he came down at once. And welcomed him gladly. And all the people saw this and began to mutter, mostly the religious people, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. You see what happens? Jesus doesn't even speak to these gripey, complaining people. Jesus loved hurting people. He came for sinners. He came for those who needed a spiritual doctor. By the way, 
we can't isolate ourselves in our churches and expect the world to walk in and ask for help. Jesus was on the streets. He was always at the job, at the school, in our neighborhoods, at the shopping center, wherever lost people hung out, there was Jesus. I want to take a seal a moment, just for a moment. Sila means to stop and rest. Stop and think about it. I want to ask you two questions. All of our campuses, here's a picture of it. Where do you interact with lost people? Do you know any lost people? Do you, do you make fun of lost people? Or do you have a heart for lost people? Second question is more challenging for all of us. When was the last time your mouth Share the gospel. Pastor Mark, I'm so concerned. The Muslims, they're just taking over our country. When was the last time you opened your mouth and gave them truth? See, that's the problem right there. It's not anything else. It's not the Muslims. It's not our churches. It's people aren't opening their mouth to share with people. Verse 8. Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord. Here now I give half my possessions to the poor. Are you kidding me? (laughs) And if I cheated anybody out of anything, I'll pay back four times. That is salvation. That's a change in life. That's true repentance. See, if a person comes, when people come forward, people raise their hand in a few moments, we call those professions of faith because we don't know whether they'll follow through or not. This is a follow through. Everything that meant anything to him, he gave it up. See, if you're going to come to Christ, there will be a change in your life. Absolutely. Jesus said to him in verse 9, Today, salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. Last thing for you to write this morning is this. Following Jesus cures the emptiness of life. Verse 10, For the Son of Man came to seek and save that which is lost. At the start of that day, Zacchaeus had no idea that his life would change instantly. Now he had forgiveness, purpose, new life, was right with God. Why? Because Jesus was on a mission, and as, watch me, as he walked through Jericho, he heard the Spirit say, with all the crowds, stop and talk to that man, Zacchaeus. What if Jesus hadn't stopped? How many times do we walk right on by? It's a thing of the Spirit. That was the mission of Jesus. My friends, that's why we're here. We're not here to build new buildings. We love doing that. We're not here to do all the kind of things we do in all the small groups. We're here to carry the mission of Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit. Life without God is worthless, empty, zero, and futile. Every person wants to be loved, find purpose in their life, and be happy. Today we learn from Pastor Mark the main need amongst unbelievers and how Christ followers can help fill the void. The same God who led Jesus daily wants to lead us daily. Through the power and confidence of the Holy Spirit, we can show people how following Jesus cures the emptiness of life. Maybe you're listening right now and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. There's a simple way to share this message. 
Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. How can you influence your lifestyle today to eliminate fear and bring fulfillment? In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will address some common fears amongst all people and give advice on a quality life on earth. We must commit to deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow Jesus daily. Doing these things will cost you in this life, but it will cost you much more not to do them. So follow Him today. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. in a hurry.